Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, hey everybody, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. Um, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. I am your co-host, Sean Holmberg. We'll be joined um, in about an hour by Chris Herzog. So... Okay, everybody, sorry about that. Uh, looks like my cat decided to hit the uh, button on the search protector, so I actually completely lost my computer there for a second, but you know what? It's completely okay. Um, only eight minutes into the broadcast. So uh, to repeat, um, cause I'm not sure exactly when you did it, call-in number is 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio here with you for a another two hours of seeking the Lord Jesus, um, hearing from God, uh, definitely interceding for the nations, um, and then we'll see what happens. So, Father God, Lord, tonight we, <laughs> Father, we pause um, as your word declares to be still and know that you are God. Father, we surrender this broadcast to you. Jesus, that your name would be glorified in all the earth. Father, from one corner of the earth to the other, Lord, that you would magnify and glorify your name. That all the glory, honor, and praise would go to you alone, Jesus. For you alone are the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. You alone have been given the name that is above every name. And the word declares that the Father has put all things under your feet. And it is through you alone that we have remission for our sins. Forgiveness, Lord. It is through your blood alone that we are cleansed, that we are sanctified, that we are justified. As your word declares that you have forever perfected those who are being sanctified in you, Lord. Father, tonight, Lord, as your word declares in Ephesians, Lord, that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. God, that we would know what is the hope of our calling. Father, that you would demonstrate to us the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead. And as the scripture declares, seated him at your right hand, far above all principalities and powers. Father, tonight we lift up the nation of Israel, Father. We lift up Jerusalem, Father, that you would cause it to be a praise into the earth, Lord. Father, we lift up the nation of Africa, Lord. Father, that you would cause your salvation to go forth, Lord, that you would send missionaries, prophets, evangelists, Lord. Father, for Russia and China, for Korea, Lord, for 
for India, Lord, that you would, as your word declares, Jesus, God, that you would send laborers into the fields. For you said the harvest is white. Lord, raise up a generation of believers, Father, to have faith. Lord, those who will have boldness. Father, who are strengthened with might in their inner man. Father, those who are filled with your compassion, Father. Lord, those who walk in the spirit and don't walk in the flesh. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. We lay everything down at your feet. That your will would be done tonight. Not only in this radio broadcast, but the lives of everybody who's listening to Father, that your will would be done, Lord. Father, that you would open men's heart to you tonight. That you would open the eyes of the blind. That you would open the ears of the deaf. That you would reveal yourself. Holy Spirit, that your presence would fill every believer tonight.
Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Uh, for all of you who were with us in the beginning, we had a little bit of audio difficulties, and uh, but we're back now. Um, so this um, Sunday um, is going to be Easter, and um, which is going to be filled with all sorts of things. Uh, if you have children, it'll be filled with chocolate and Easter eggs and you know, um, I heard a comedian once say, um, how do you go from crucifixion and resurrection to chocolate-covered bunnies and Easter eggs? Um, and we could go into uh, history and the early, um, not the early church as far as the disciples, but the church that came later, um, taking... Um, Pagan holidays and um, making Christian holidays out of them, uh, celebrating them all in one. And there are some um, symbolisms and the holidays, some of the holidays we have now um, that are, I mean, it's the truth, um, that are tied in with, um, they're still tied in with pagan rituals, uh, Easter eggs, um, bunny rabbits, um to celebrate the god of fertility, um, which is not fake. It's a fake god, but it's um, one of the gods they used to worship back in the day. Um, and honestly, um, I highly doubt that this coming Sunday is the exact day that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, not saying that he didn't. We all know he did. Um, our very salvation is based on that fact. But what I'm saying is history itself teaches us that um, men change dates and they um, and the exact dates of a lot of things um, aren't precisely known, but it doesn't negate the fact of what it actually is. Um, and so for the next couple of days, we were going to go through... Um, and sort of leading up to um, Jesus, our high priest, uh, the Passover lamb, um, symbolically fulfilling the entire Passover where the Lord God was passing over our sins um, through the blood that was covering the doorpost. Um, the blood itself, um, which once was with a lamb, or but now was with the... Um, blood of Christ Jesus himself. And so the scripture declares, and um, I'm going to read a little bit out of um, Hebrews. Um, this is Hebrews chapter 2. It says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the world spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. For he is not but the world to come, of which we speak, in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? 
You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that God put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all the things that are put under him. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom all are things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain, captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will sing praise to you. And again I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Insomuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make appropriation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So, this Jesus, made a little lower than the angels, which for him was a far, far, far way to go. From the glory he had with the Father since before the world began, from everlasting to everlasting. He said, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, who without beginning and without end, at the duly appointed time by the will of the Father, became flesh and dwelt among us, as it says in First John. If you uh, have a Bible, and if you turn to First John, it's a passage that most Christians know. It says, in the beginning was the Word, which was Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. You know, this Jesus... made a little lower than the angels for... The purpose of drinking the cup which his father had prepared for him, that at one time he could 
die for the sins of all humanity, for the entire world, for those who came be- for those who came before, for those who came after, for those who will come later on, that in one at one time he could go behind the um, the veil as a true high priest, having lived in the flesh, having been tempted in the flesh, just like we are, as he went into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, and through his ministry, learning character, learning obedience through suffering, through spending time with the Father. At one point, toward the end of all of history, he has died for the world. Having become the Passover lamb, that the wrath that we rightfully deserve, every one of us, because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. First John it says, um, if anyone sins, he's a liar, and the truth isn't in him. But now, if anyone sins, we even if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And having conquered the enemy, the devil, having gained dominion over death, hell, and the grave, he ascended on high and sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. Having been exalted, to the place he was before with the Father. And it's not a little thing what he did, what he had to go through. Um, We can barely understand the uh, science behind seasons and the planets and the universe, and yet God himself took a human form, became a man, that he could die on our behalf. And so, um, you know, to clarify something I said um, a little bit earlier, you know, throughout, um, and and I don't really, I'm not really trying to um, speak negatively of commercialism and all that other stuff, but, I mean, I do, but I I don't, because it's not the purpose. The purpose is Christ Jesus. Um, but you know we in America and different parts of the world um we get we do get caught up in different seasons and um a lot of times forget the reason that we have um some of the holidays, regardless of the exact date that the holidays um may have originally been on um you know. Was Jesus really born on Christmas Day, on December 25th? Who knows? Does it matter? No. You know, I heard someone say once, you know, Jesus as a baby in a manger can't save you from your sins. But yet, there's people who still worship um, Jesus as a baby in the manger. And while miraculous as it was, and the fulfillment of prophecy in the beginning of fulfillment of God's word to redeem his people from sin. Jesus in the manger can't save anybody. 
Jesus on the cross and the process of dying for our sins still can't save anybody. And don't get me wrong when I say this, but it's true. We we worship the image of the cross and um, without understanding the symbolism of the way they used to um, slaughter the um, Passover lamb and the way it was um, prepared and cooked and Jesus in light manner having to be placed on a cross. But yet Jesus on the cross can't save you from your sins. Jesus in the tomb can't save you from your sins. It's only the resurrected Jesus who death could not hold and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Three days later was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father after having offered his own blood upon the mercy seat of heaven, offering his own blood that was without spot and without blemish. It's that Jesus who can save us. It's that Jesus who um, was exalted. It's that Jesus who forever lives to make intercession for us. Who it is that Jesus who said that if he goes to the Father, he would send us the Holy Spirit. It's that Jesus who said he's returning again. When he said, Behold, I come quickly. I stand at the door and knock. If any meeting opens the door, I will come in and dine with him. And so as we go into the um, Easter holiday and the um, Passover, which we've already, um, I guess, begun, um, you know, um, something we touched on a little bit last night is during the initial Passover in the um, book of um, Exodus, the night before the children of Israel were um, released from bondage and by the Egyptians, by the Pharaoh, um, they had to kill the uh, the um, sacrifice and put the um, blood on their doorposts. But then they also had to um, roast the animal and eat it. Um, and that night, and you know, in likewise manner. Um, not only do we um, need the blood of Jesus, we also need the fellowship of Jesus. We need to, like he said, he said, take, eat, this is my body. Drink, this is my blood. We need to come to the understanding that it's not that we get forgiven of our sins and we say a prayer and then we go about our daily lives leaving them any way we want, but that we become one with him as the scripture declares. That we understand that this is about relationship. This is about um, fellowship. Father God, tonight, um, Lord, there's no words to use 
describe your resurrection. There's no words to describe the Passover, the feast. Um, there's no words to describe your death or your resurrection besides what you've already written in Scripture, Lord. And Father, we don't just need to know you then on the cross, dying for our sins, but we need to know you resurrected. The power of your resurrection in our lives. We need to know the new life that you have granted us, Lord, as your word declares, if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. You said to see, to set our minds on, thing above, on things above and not things that are of this world. You said to walk in the spirit, and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In the same book of Romans, God, you said there is therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. And men throughout history have been in bondage to the law and to their flesh, but now in these times you having died for our sins, having been raised forevermore have set us free from the power of sin, from the power of the enemy, having made us priests and kings, Lord, having made us citizens of your kingdom in heaven, Lord, having declared us to be adopted into the family of God, and having been called your children, as your word declares, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Holy Spirit, the we know that the letter kills, but you give life. So we ask, Father, that over these next couple of days, Lord, that whether it's in church or here on the broadcast or in this ministry or that ministry, Holy Spirit, that you would take the word of life and make it life to us, that you would give us revelation. Give us revelation into your heart, Lord. Give us revelation into your thoughts and your desires. For the scripture declares that, Holy Spirit, you search the deep things of God, that you know the mind of the Father. And we desire to have the mind of Christ, to be renewed by your word. Jesus said, you said that we are already clean because of the words you've spoken over us. And we know that your words do not return to you void. So, Father, give us new realization, Lord. New understanding of our identity. Not based on our own accomplishments or our own works of our hands, Lord. But on what you've done on the cross, what your resurrection means, Lord that we can walk in the newness of life, Father.
and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You know, the children of Israel, one of the biggest mistakes, I believe, um, that they could not grasp or could not understand was their place as God's chosen people. And what I mean by that is the Bible says that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, citizens of heaven. It says, um, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. But it says, in the Spirit, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, knowing that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. David said, he is our exceeding great reward. And the children of Israel, um, after they were delivered um, from Pharaoh, after the Red Sea and the signs and the wonders and the miracles that they saw, that the Lord performed in their midst to demonstrate his faithfulness, to demonstrate as he had said from the beginning that he would never leave us nor forsake us, they still sought the provisions and the substance that came from their own hands, looking around for ways that they could um, provide for themselves, looking to Moses to provide for them, because they still hadn't understood that their sufficiency came from the Father, that he who leads would also provide. And so they were unable some of them to enter in the rest of God because of disobedience, because of their lack of faith. The Bible declares that those who come to the Lord must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we too, as um, fellow members of the saints in the household of God, must learn to enter into the rest, to cease from our own work, cease from the perspect the um you know the Bible says to cast down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we too should cease from our works knowing that Christ Jesus from the foundation of the of the world has already completed his work. That on the cross he said, It is finished, he drank the last cup. And his work was complete. And that was it. There's nothing left to do. There's no more striving, no more struggling, no more fighting. It's all about faith. For the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Abraham, having been declared righteous in the eyes of the Father, through faith, without the law, was a foreshadowing of the very life that we that we lead. Not having to um 
strive to fulfill the letter of the law because the letter brings death, but the spirit brings life. And we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, sanctified through his blood. This is Prayer International Radio, our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back.
Praise God. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. And just picking up the second half of the broadcast, my name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight um, from 11 to midnight Central Standard Time. And just want to wish everybody a happy Easter weekend, Resurrection Day weekend. You know, today is Good Friday, um, or what's left of it. I guess, depending on where you're at, it may not be Good Friday anymore. Um, But if you're on the uh, Central Time Zone or on the West Coast, it's still Good Friday here in the uh, United States. You know, um, with that being said, we just want to celebrate the passion of the Christ. You know, we want to celebrate the passion of our Lord Jesus. And the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And it's very important that you have an understanding, that you have a revelation of the blood of Jesus. It's good to know and have an understanding about what that blood has done. You know, we talk about the weapons of our warfare. We talk about, you know, the enemy's strategies and his strongholds and his nature and You know, we've talked about quite a few things uh, concerning spiritual warfare. One aspect that we need to really focus on and and realize the power in it is that there's power in the blood of Jesus. And I think too many of our uh, traditional churches, organized religion, denominational ism, they've so far removed themselves from really talking about the blood of Christ, the power of the blood, And they've made Christianity, or being a believer rather, uh, this seeker-friendly situation when we should be making it spirit-friendly. We should be making it about the blood of Christ, focusing on, you know, what he has done and what he is doing in our lives. You know, with that being said... You know, oftentimes we talk about the blood of Christ. But you know, today, uh, as far as the way we celebrate here in America, uh, we celebrate Good Friday, really is a focus and an emphasis on what Christ went through, what he had to endure. You know, uh, Passover being Thursday, or being last night, you know, is the day that he had his last uh, supper with the disciples which was nothing more than a Passover Seder, a Passover meal. And as Sean talked about that fourth cup, you know, he didn't drink that fourth cup. But, you know, he made a a comment about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. He made a comment about, you know, his blood being shed. And so we need to have an understanding uh, let me read this to you. Revelations 19:11 through 14 says, I saw heaven opened, 
Behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, speaking of Jesus, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed with fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's Revelation 19, chapter 19, verses 11 through 14. But it says that he had a white robe that was dipped in blood. One of the most powerful weapons is the revelation of the blood of Christ. And it being what we call Good Friday is probably the best time to talk about that because, you know, we celebrate the day that he received those crown, that crown of thorns on his head. We celebrate the day that he received the stripes on his back. You know, and it's not necessarily a celebration where we just have this elated joy because of what our Savior went through. You know, for many of us, it's, you know, we, we feel and bear that burden of Christ. You know, we, we understand that what he went through was torturous. It was tormentous. It wasn't a, a pleasant thing. And so when we talk about celebrating it, I don't mean like let's throw a big party because Jesus suffered and died for it. But I do mean we need to celebrate Christ, celebrate the goodness of God for this very sake that, you know, the Bible says no man has greater love, no greater love has a man than to lay down his life for his friends. So we celebrate the fact that he loved us so much, that he endured the cross and despised the shame. You know, he took on... everything that it entailed for him to be whipped and beaten, to be scourged and mocked, to have to carry his own cross to a point until they had another man carry it for him. And then for him to be pierced in his side, for him to be hung on a tree, for him to be nailed through his wrists and through his feet, to a cross to suffer that which was meant for criminals even though he had done no wrong even though he had not sinned and then he chose not to open his mouth and speak against those that were his persecutors those that were his crucifiers those that really it was their sin it was their rejection that put him there on the cross and in like manner it was our sin it was the the sin of the world that put him on the cross and so many times we we don't recognize or acknowledge that But you know, we've been reconciled with God 
through Christ. We need to realize that it was this blood that was shed that made a way for us. It was the blood that was shed that washes our sins away. Just like in the Old Covenant, they had the blood of lambs and goats. They had sacrifices that they continually gave up to God to make atonement and make things straight, to make right standing with God, to cover the sin of the world. Even Adam and Eve, when they sinned against God, they took fig leaves and tried to hide themselves. But, you know, it was the skin, the animal skins, when they were covered with them, that, that still had that blood on them. And so you know, the work that he did at Calvary was a very important work, something that we should not take for granted, something we should not take lightly, something that we need to keep at the forefront of our minds every day when we make our peace with God, every day when we acknowledge him as the Savior and the Lord and the Master of our lives that it was his blood that was shed for us, that gives us the power to be overcomers. It was his blood that was shed for us that gives us access through his blood, by the blood of Jesus, to come into the Holy of Holies and have his presence and have conversation with him, to have communion with him. It's because of the blood. There's no other way to come in. You know, we need to have an understanding. We need to have an understanding. It's his blood that was shed for you. It's his blood that was shed for me. There's power in the blood of Jesus. You know, we talk about pleading the blood of Jesus. Pleading the blood of Jesus is more than just a catchphrase. In a sense, it's actually like a legal term. It means to invoke what Christ has done on the cross over a particular situation. To invoke what Christ has done on the cross over a particular person. This blood covering is provided. It's through faith. It's through faith in God. Through prayer, coming to God accepting and acknowledging that blood covering, having a belief in God's blood covenant. We can overcome the temptation to sin. We can overcome the past. We can overcome the enemy. And all enemies that try to destroy us, we can overcome how? By the blood of the Lamb. Whenever we say we cover others with the precious blood of Jesus, we're not actually covering them with it, but we're we're claiming, we're acknowledging, we're confessing to God that the blood that was shed will enable us to enter a new covenant with God, but the blood that was shed will also enable others to enter that new covenant with God. 
So when we begin to claim his blood over people and speak and pray for that blood to be pled, the pleading of the blood, it's not just some words we're saying, but we're coming to God saying, God, don't judge us for our sin. Don't judge us for our faults. Don't judge us for our unbelief. But, Lord, cover us in your blood. Have mercy on us. Have grace on us. Show us, Father, your goodness. And even in those times when we deserve death, we deserve penalty for our sin. And I will say that sin does have consequence. But trust me, if if you're washed in the blood, if you're born again, you're not going to get what you deserve because if you're washed in the blood and you're in right standing with God, you're going to get eternity. Hebrews 10, 19-20 says, We can have boldness to enter the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through his flesh. We're going to have boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. See, there's a confidence and a boldness that will come over our lives solely based on the fact that because of the blood, it gives us access to come in to a new and living way which he consecrated for us through his flesh. Basically, it means the Almighty God will look down from heaven and watch over us and protect us. It means we can pray over our spouse, over our children, and cover them with a the covenant of the blood of Jesus. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus, but they flee at the blood of Jesus. They can't stand it. They're rendered powerless. See, it's that authority that was released by the shedding of the blood. When we talk about pleading the blood, declaring and acknowledging the blood in our situations and over our relationships, over our friendships, over our circumstances, pleading the blood gives us bold and confident access. It gives you a boldness. It gives you a confidence. It gives you an identity in him. It will give you access to God's power and his providence in your life. And it's okay to say, hey, I cover you with the blood of Jesus. Father, cover me with the blood of Jesus. Father, cover my circumstances, my situations, my trials, my tribulations with the blood of Jesus. I'm pleading the blood, Lord. I'm, I'm acknowledging that sacrifice so that your spirit, so that your will will begin to operate in my life. When the devil tries to torment you, or torment me with a memory of past sins that have already been forgiven, plead the blood of Jesus. Acknowledge the blood. Remind God. Remind the devil about the blood every time he tries to condemn you, every time he tries to throw something in your face. When you do this, it will remind the devil that God's forgotten our sins because of Christ's sacrifice, because of his blood. And Jesus shed his blood so that sin doesn't have dominion over us any longer. So that sin doesn't have dominion over believers who completely trust in him. Like I mentioned earlier, Revelation twelve eleven says the word of God 
It basically says they overcame him. Speaking of the enemy, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The word of our testimony doesn't just necessarily mean our story, although it can. It can mean your story. But it means believing and declaring and speaking about the blood of Jesus. That's our testimony. Our testimony is about him. And if you're a believer, and maybe you're in a time of dire circumstance, or you're in a time of attack by the enemy, but you can plead the blood, you can call on its power, you can call on the authority of Christ, which comes through his blood, And if you're going to defeat your enemy, if you're going to defeat the devil, you need to stand on that blood, proclaim its power. That's how we overcome Satan in the entire spiritual underworld. It's by the blood. Christ, you can't come in your own power. You can't come in your own authority. You can't come in your own religion. You can't come in your own goodness. The Bible says your righteousness is like filthy rags. Jesus said there's no one good but God. Demons are terrified by the blood. They can't remain in the presence of the blood of Jesus Christ. They can't remain in the presence of God. They can't hang out around somebody that that gives full acknowledgement and allegiance to the blood of Jesus. You can't let the enemy rob you of the truth, especially when it comes to knowing the truth about what defeats the enemy. You need to realize the battle is the Lord's. You can't do this in your own strength. The battle is the Lord's. It's not by mind, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. But what gives you access to the spirit? What allows the spirit to operate in your life is when you're covered in that blood, when you exchange your sin and receive his blood, receive his sacrifice. Whenever you speak the authority of the blood of Christ, whenever you activate or acknowledge the power of the covenant of God, there's going to be warfare that goes on in the heavens and and on the earth. Whenever you stand boldly and proclaim the word of the living God, when you know that in the name of Jesus and through his blood, demons will flee and diseases will be healed, miracles, signs, and wonders will happen through the prayers of God's people. Whenever God's people start acknowledging that blood, and believers might encounter literal manifestations. They may uh, experience manifestations of evil spirits at times. You know, your enemy... He's not going to draw back. Now, there's things we can do that will close the door to him. There's things that we can do that will give us victory. No, he only has limited power. That's what we need to realize about our enemy. The devil only has a limited power, and his time is short. He's limited on time. He's limited on power. 
He's limited on abilities. But with God, all things are possible. God's not slack concerning his promise. We need to recognize and acknowledge. Use that weapon to defeat the enemy. Use the weapon of the blood. And listen, it was 2,000 plus years ago today, or at least when we celebrate, Christ led for you. Christ suffered for you. Christ was sacrificed for you. But it doesn't help there. Listen, he rose again from the dead. He's alive. Praise God. Praise God. So we just want to acknowledge that tonight. Use the blood when you're praying. Declare and plead. Confess the blood of Jesus over your friends, over your family, over your job, over your financial situation, over whatever it is. And it's not some magic formula, but it's basically saying, Father, you sent your son Jesus, and he suffered he died, and he was buried. He had to go to hell. But all this happened so that you can have life. But sometimes God's just waiting for our acknowledgement of it before he begins to act on our behalf. So listen, like spiritual warfare means you have an opportunity. Everyone has an opportunity to defeat the devil through Jesus' blood and through the name of Christ. There's a reason he said, drink my blood. Saturate yourself. Saturate your thinking. Saturate your mindset. And when your enemy comes against you, remind him of that power. Listen, Jesus said, I've given you all authority in heaven and earth to defeat all the power of the enemy, and nothing by enemies will harm you. Because the devil cannot go where the blood's truly been applied. So apply it to every area of your life. Acknowledge it in every area of your life so that you can get the freedom so that you can have the freedom I mean it's like you're enlistment when you enlist into the military there are certain criteria that have to be met before they'll receive you as a candidate and before you can be enlisted in the army but that's how we come in the army of God, that's how we come into the kingdom of God is by the blood. But the spiritual battle that we're dealing with, realize we're at war. Our enemy continues to stalk and roar 
and do everything in his power to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use fear, he'll use doubt, he'll use discouragement. So that many of God's people are feeling hopeless and helpless. So that God's people lose their feeling of security and their sense of purpose. And it will almost paralyze them if they don't know who they are, if they don't know the hope of their calling, if they don't understand why God is calling them or why God has called them. You know, in wartime, people get grief-stricken over losses. And in reality, and even in the kingdom, people experience just things in their health and their finances and their families. And they basically are in a time of mourning a lot of times because of all the devastation and all the situations that are happening. And in wartime, people are wounded. They're bound by troubles. And they're waiting for someone to come bring them to safety at times. The wounds, the grief, the panic. They're just as real as if bombs were dropping and bullets were flying. And the heart cries of God, people, is peace. Peace. That's the cry for people that know they're in the war, that know they're in a war. People that are in war want freedom. People that are under siege cry for freedom. They don't want to be bombarded. They don't want to be threatened with destruction and killing and pillaging of their lands and homes, a constant assault on their minds and their strength, battering their wills. People want to be free. People want to live in victory. Most people want that peace that passes all understanding. How do you get that peace and freedom? The truth will make you free. John 8.32 Freedom is a result of knowing the truth. It doesn't mean just in your head know the truth or be able to quote scripture but experiencing truth with your entire being, with your mind, with your will, with your emotion. We say, what is truth? But the question should be, who is truth? Who is truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The only reason we have the gospel, the only reason we have the good news is because of Jesus, our Savior, Jesus, our Lord, Jesus, the, the shedder, of the blood, he shed his blood, he, he gave up his blood, he gave up his life. You know, there's a song called The Blood of Jesus. And it says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know 
Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The other one says, there's a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. So we sing of the blood that cleanses us from sin. We sing about the blood that makes us whole, and our bodies, lungs, and spirit. We sing of it being the most precious thing we could ever experience in our lives, the blood of Jesus, nothing Nothing can do what it does. Nothing can take its place. Nothing will ever impact your life more than Christ's blood, the blood of Christ. God bless you guys in the chat room tonight. Minister Grock and our guest, Wendy and Brother Reno, Sean and whoever's listening on the phone. I don't even know because I'm not on the switchboard, but, you know, looks like we've got a few people dialed in. Look, we sing about God's blood cleansing us. There's not anything on the face of this earth that can do what it does. When you experience the reality of the blood of Jesus, Listen, it's not only the way to get into God's army, but it's the the same way you re-enlist for God's army on a daily basis. It's the way that you find peace and freedom in a kingdom. God bless you guys. Have an understanding of the blood. Have an acknowledgement. Allow its power to work in your life, not just for your salvation, but for your healing, for your financial breakthrough, for your relationships, for your spouses, for your friendships, for your church family, your your friends, acquaintances, and even your enemies at work. When I talk about experiencing the reality of the blood, I don't mean just knowing about the blood of Christ. Just having a mere knowledge about the blood of Christ is not going to set you free from the snares of the enemy. I mean, it's not any different than if you know about guns. I mean, you can know all about a gun, but if you don't ever fire it, if you don't ever use it, what good is it? You can know all about the blood of Jesus. But you've got to give it a, a place in your life. You've got to use it in your prayer life. Use it, declare it, and plead it over every circumstance. Allow it to flow through your veins. Allow it to give you substance on a continual basis in every single place in your life. And you may be saying, well, why all this emphasis on the blood of Jesus tonight? It's all just a symbol. It's not really something I can experience. I don't see how it applies for my life. Listen, I'm disagreeing with you. The blood of Jesus is a reality for us today. The blood of Jesus is as powerful today as it was 2012 years ago. The blood of Jesus is the key to getting into God's army. 
The blood of Jesus is the key to being a warrior. And the reason I'm talking about this is it's Good Friday. It's the day that Christ spilled his blood, shed his blood, gave his life as a living sacrifice for you and for me. God's blood is a reality for today. We can talk about what the Bible says about the blood of Jesus. It says they overcame him, the accuser of the brethren, the devil. Okay? They overcame him. Little H, I am, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives, even unto death. That's Revelation twelve eleven. But you've got to let that truth get in your spirit. Don't just read the words. Don't just mull over them. Don't just glide past them. But let them sink in. Let them make an impact on your life. The blood of Jesus is the key to overcoming the devil. It will set you free. You know why I keep repeating this? You know why it sounds so redundant? Because it is truly the key that will set you free. And I don't want you to miss it. I want you to catch it. Some things can be taught. If you could get head knowledge, if you could learn things, some things are caught. Revelation is caught. It's a spiritual impartation. You've got to have a huge revelation. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to impact this into your life, impress this, instruct this into your life. Listen, how come you can recite commercials word for word and sing jingles? How come you can know from a past experience what happened when you took an aspirin or a, a Tylenol for your headache? But listen, if you don't, if you don't take, let's say you have a headache in present day, if you don't take aspirin, if you don't take Tylenol. Simply just remembering what Tylenol did for you two years ago. Now, trust me, I think we need to pray. We need to trust God's spirit when it comes to healing as well. So don't just get hopped up on pills. Don't just trust man with everything physically in your life. Trust the Lord. Trust the power of his word. But listen, how come it is we can remember a commercial on TV about aspirin or know that someone else took an aspirin album or Remember five years ago when we took an aspirin and it got rid of our headache. But if you don't take one right now, let's say somebody has a headache. If you don't take something for that headache, apart from getting healed, okay, if you don't eat an aspirin or a Tylenol or whatever it is and let it get down on the inside of you and, and start to work in the body, you can't just sit around and think aspirin. You can't just sit around and think about Tylenol from two years ago when it took your headache away, and then all of a sudden your headache go away. All that knowledge won't do anything for a headache. If you don't take aspirin or a Tylenol in the present day, it's never going to do its work. 
and scripture and quoting scripture and knowing scripture is the same type of way. You can read them one by one. You can read them again and again. You can meditate on them and look them up in your Bible and mark the pages. You can think about them and pray them. But don't just pray them. Pray them into your life. Pray them to such a degree that it becomes part of the way you think. Pray it in such a degree that it becomes everyday life. Pray it to where it becomes what you think about on a regular basis. The way that you want to actually live out your life. We're talking about the blood tonight because, listen, on Good Friday... You know, Jesus even had to go out into the garden. That night he sweat drops of blood and he told the Father to take that cup away from him. And that's where it really started. Look, Genesis 3.15 lays it out. The Lord says to the devil, okay, I will put enmity, which means strife or, you know, uh, disagreement. I will put enmity or strife between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, which is the Lord Jesus. He, which talks about Jesus, shall bruise your head, and you shall have the authority to bruise his heel. But here, this is like the third chapter of the first book of the Bible. God's already laid out his plan. He's already said that the devil would be able to bruise the heel of Jesus, but that the, that Jesus would crush his head. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus came to crush the head of the enemy by suffering on the cross, by shedding his blood. From the time of Genesis to the time of Isaiah, the blood of lambs had been shed time and time again. They were sacrificed literally in a system along with the blood of bulls and goats. But whenever Jesus came, whenever Jesus showed up, whenever the blood of the lamb was shed, because, see, this lamb, Jesus, was slain from the foundations of the earth. Just read Revelation 13.8. I mean, this was the sacrifice of sacrifices. This was the blood sacrifice to end all other. Blood sacrifice. Look, when Jesus gave up this blood, he made it possible for our uh, our ourselves and for our friends, for our family, to be healed, saved, and delivered. It puts us all, if we accept it by faith and receive it, it puts us all in a position of peace and freedom. And your new life in Christ is going to come by teaching 
it didn't come by preaching because there's all kinds of different teachings in the world. There's all kinds of different preaching in the world. It didn't happen by your good deeds. It happened when Jesus Christ shed his blood. And when Jesus shed his blood, that's when he became Christ your Lord. That's when he became the one. Romans 3.25 basically says that God sent him forth. God sent Jesus forth to give us grace and redemption, to justify us freely. He sent him forth to be a propitiation by his blood. So it's the blood that's the way that we're justified before God. It's the way our sins are removed so we can stand before God in righteousness. You're not going to be able to stand before God unless you experience the blood sacrifice of Jesus. The blood is the key to entering the kingdom of God. It's the key to having authority. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your blood. Pray that you'd cover every person tonight in the chat room. Every person, Father, that names the name of Jesus would experience the power of your blood. We thank you, Father, for what you did on the cross. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did in the garden when you sweat those drops of blood. What what was lost in the Garden of Eden was brought back in the Garden of Gethsemane. Restoration took place. We just thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, God's a good God. If you're just tuning in with this, this is Prayer International Radio. We're talking about the blood of Jesus tonight. It's very essential for your deliverance. It's very essential for your salvation. It's very essential for your prayer life. Listen, without the blood, you'll be powerless. Without acknowledging that blood in your life. Praise God. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary Oh, the blood
All right, praise God, lower back. You know, I just wanted to put that out there for a minute. It's the blood of Jesus. It's all about the blood. And maybe I rambled a little bit tonight. Maybe I, some people might think I, I went overboard. You know, but it's all about the blood. We're talking about the blood tonight for a reason. Jesus shed his blood for your salvation. He shed his blood for your healing. He shed his blood for your deliverance. Receive it by faith. Receive that sacrifice. Receive and, and let it be the atonement in your life that brings you in communion with God. Let it be the very thing that gives you access into the presence of God. Let it be the very thing that gives you access to communion with God. Apply it to every situation and circumstance, every area of your life. Pray and cover the people in your life that you're in relationship with, that your family and friends cover them in the blood. Declare and and remind God of his blood covenant that speaks for them, that speaks for you, that speaks for us as the body of Christ. Remind the devil when he begins to throw condemnation and guilt and fear at you. Remind the devil. Remind him of the blood. It's your key to freedom. It's your key to overcoming. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray. Father, you would just give everybody a revelation of your blood. They could receive you by faith. That they would use your blood not to misuse or not to trample on it. But, Lord, apply that blood to their lives. Teach them how powerful it is. And we thank you, Father, that the blood never loses its power. We thank you, Father, that we have access into your Holy of Holies, into your throne room, into your presence, into your grace, into your love, into your mercy. It's all because of the blood of Jesus. Help us to keep our priorities. Help us to always speak the truth. And Lord, let us never water down your gospel. Let us never try to take people's focus away from what you've done and what you are still doing in the Holy Spirit. Most of all, we just acknowledge and we honor Jesus tonight for everything that he suffered, everything that he went through, everything that he sacrificed. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to always acknowledge you in those things. Help us to always Remember, you said, do this in remembrance of me. You said to eat of your flesh and drink of your blood. Speaking about what we call communion or or Passover, you said to remember that you have given us that sacrifice, Lord. The sacrifice of sacrifices. So we just thank you. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, we speak blessings over everyone in the chat room tonight, everyone listening by phone, everyone that's listening by archive. Again, have a wonderful Good Friday. Have a wonderful Resurrection Day. Happy Easter weekend. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. You can reach us at www. Dot prayerinternational.org. You can reach us at prayer 
at prayerinternational.com. And we just give Jesus praise. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for our friends and family that are standing with us. And we declare your blessings over them. We just want to pray for those in the Texas area that have been affected by the tornadoes. Help them to get their homes reestablished and rebuilt. Help them to regroup and get their emotions and their physical bodies back together. Lord, bless them. Bring peace to those families. Bring provision. Bring your presence. But most of all, use this crisis as an opportunity for them to receive the Lord, for them to receive the living Savior. And we just thank you again, Jesus, for everything that you're doing. Most of all, what you've done on the cross and everything that you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.